1: Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events, entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy.
0: The one, the only, Dr. History. Good morning, Zab. Good morning. How are you? Oh, by the way, I got to give you an update. Yes, on your book, uh, from coal miner to cowboy, I am right in the part of the book where the love affair starts with Anna. I,
1: I oh okay, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, and yeah. that's about as far as it goes. Yeah, well, this is a family oriented. Now you're book, not supposed yeah. to tell me anything oh, like that. Okay, all right. Okay. I just wanted a uh, disclaimer there.
0: Yeah, the dad rode in, and uh, there was a look over at Anna like, "Gee, maybe I'll go to California." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, see,
1: you know I'm reading the book. And that's a true person. Anna Hayes is a true person, and her father... Captain Hayes is a true person. Yeah. And uh, basically, I'm trying to
0: remember, it takes place going to the City of Ross. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes. And at the back of the book, there are, each chapter, I've got a list of the true people, places, and things. So people can see what is actual uh, nonfiction. Absolutely. It's a great
0: book, and uh, I compliment you, and I'm hopefully going to have it done by next Tuesday. Thank
1: you. All right. So, uh, folks, you can find it at uh, my webpage, doctor History. History.com. There's a link there, or just go to Amazon right. and it's Coal Miner to Cowboy by Ken Turner. And I've had some I've checked with my printer and they've sent some books out already on Amazon. Good. I've got two uh, five star reviews on Good. Amazon. Good. Yeah. So, Are they dropping them at the locations with
0: their little hovercrafts or
1: I don't know how they're getting there, but oh. they're getting there. Okay. But around here, you know, folks, you can get it at Farmers Corner, Declo Country Store, a Child's World. Good. Uh, Mad River Laser. Good. uh, Flower, Love Flower, Over in Rupert. uh, Where else? Oh, the Chamber of Commerce. Oh, good. So. Now, has Dr. Feeble Blister Budweiser, whatever his name is? Well, I checked, and it's going to cost like about 25 bucks to send him a book. So I'll check with him and see if he wants (laughs) me to do it.
0: I don't know how cheap he is. <laughs> okay. So what's
1: cooking today? <laughs> well, you know, every year, me and my brothers and my sister and our spouses, we take a little trip. This time we went to Jackson Hole. Oh, I love that. And you've that been now. there.
0: I love Jackson Hole. Yeah.
1: A little restaurant called Bubba's. Oh, yeah. Got to go to Bubba's. We didn't make it there, but we made some others. But So I'm going to talk about Jackson Hole a little bit here. Okay. And, uh, I got to tell you, it was cold. It was like 9, 7. Uh, so it was a little I- actually prefer Jackson Hole, my dear friend, Dr. History, in July. So, Jackson Hole. Oh, yeah, Jackson Hole. Uh, one of the things we did, folks, if you get over that direction in the wintertime, take the sleigh ride pulled by horses. Out to the elk. Out to the National Elk Refuge. We've done that twice. And we lucked out because there were two big old bulls, big huge racks, fighting. Ah. I mean, head to head and pounding and pushing. And the the guy that was pulling, uh, driving the, the wagon, he... Uh, I said you don't see that very often. Really? So that was pretty neat to see. So that. how many of your family went over there? Well, I have uh, three brothers and my sister and our spouses. So that was five of, it, oh, uh, of us. Oh, the kids stayed home. Oh yeah, this I is see. strictly an adult thing. Uh, oh so. yeah, I can <laughs> see that. <Okay. laughs> it's a getaway. All right. So Jackson Hole, as the name, uh, kind of ignites the. Igni- how did it get its name? Uh, from a guy named Jackson. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you think of the Old West or the Snowcap Mountains, the wildlife, you know, and you've been there. The mountains on all sides. And, right. of course, the Snake River starts up in Yellowstone mm-hmm. and comes right down through Jackson Hole and comes on right down through where it hooks up with uh, the water from the Henry Lake Henry's right. Lake and Island Park. Right. But the original settlers did not enjoy lives of simplicity and joy. They struggled to fashion an existence out of this isolated, and it is isolated, kind of a wild and rugged country relying strictly on the natural resources of the land. But their earliest Euro-Americans settled in the late 19th century, and they were kind of considered settlers or squatters, and they lived under an isolated, harsh, and primitive condition, and by their own unwritten code, a set of rules, including what they called mountain law, Hmm. which is, I guess... Whatever they decided. Basically. Did the Indians reside there yeah. first? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, but these early settlers, they were called bachelor settlers, and their struggle to put together living, uh, they were rough, they were kind of, a, kind of an unruly bunch, uh, enterprising though, independent, self-sufficient, and they relied heavily at times, totally on what they could live off in the valley, you know, the wildlife, and whatever I guess they could grow. But the valley was inhabited by Native Americans for thousands of years prior to its discovery and colonization by the Americans. Okay. So the Indians knew about it, the Native Americans, years and years and years ago.
0: Do you know who first as far as being a white man? Well,
1: there, there are some theories
0: about that, about who the
1: first were that were in there. I see. But the first Americans to enter the mountain valley were trappers and fur traders, mountain men. And they wandered into this legendary valley in the early 19 century, uh, there was good beaver trapping, and they were searching for trade routes, uh, but the Europeans didn't f- begin to follow until about the, about 80 years later, near the close of the country, so it was really quite isolated, and one thing that, uh, for some reason, I was thinking that there were rendezvous in uh, Jackson Hole. No, I was just going to ask you about that, seriously, and but there weren't. didn't they... Uh,
0: no, I'm not the history expert. You are, but didn't they move down
1: to the Preston area down that way? Grin yeah. they had you know a number of rendezvous around the country, right? Uh, and just to the west over the mountains, there's a place called Pierre's Hole, right? And that was definitely a, a rendezvous place. Right. So why wasn't Jackson Hole acceptable? Because it was so isolated, oh. difficult to get into. Yeah. So they, I guess, but. You know, I think in the summertime it wouldn't be that bad. Me neither. But, you know, Jackson Hole remained wild and remote, isolated, uh, apart from the expansion of the the European civilization. And it was protected by enormous distances and inaccessibility. And over the course of its history, the valley was uh, kind of a host to a progression of... Frontier figures, mountain men, fur traders, miners, explorers, outlaws, U.S. Army cavalry squatters, and these guys I told you they called bachelor settlers. So, the earliest settlers, these bachelor settlers, or so they describe themselves, uh, they were bachelor travelers or trappers. Uh, that is not to say they all remained unmarried. Over time, a lot of them did find wives and raised families in Jackson Hole. However, for a while, uh, bachelors were pretty much predominantly the citizens. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it was, uh, it was a frontier town, frontier place. How much of a town was it? Not much in the beginning, nothing. There really was no town. It was just uh, settlers here and there, I you see. know, cabins. I see. Uh, they called themselves trappers and certainly did trap. But these frontiersmen should not be confused with the trappers or the mountain men because they just kind of stayed in this little area. They didn't roam, you know, all over the country like a lot of the real mountain men yeah. or fur trappers. But the essentials of civilization were mostly ignored by these early inhabitants of the valley. They viewed themselves not as settlers, homesteaders, or town builders, but rather kind of apart from society. As one person described them, they resembled, quote, lone wolves. Most of them lived like wild animals. Oh, my. How nice. But... They did provide uh, hunting and guiding for sport hunters. You're kidding. Way back then? Yeah. They would actually have people come in and they would guide them for elk and moose, deer. Well, that surprises me. Well, it did me, too. But generally, not farming or ranching uh, was not part of that so much. Uh, As one of them stated in his memoir, they were, quote, homeless, reckless, straight-shooting and hard drinking set. <laughs> does that kind of describe? It does. And there enters a question. Where did they get their supplies? Uh You know, I suppose they had to go out in the summertime and try to get what they needed for the winter. Because they wouldn't be leaving. I mean, you've been in there in the winter, maybe. Oh, And you yeah. just don't go through those Not passes. Not a place I want to be. No. I mean, the snow gets pretty deep over yeah. there. But, you know, the early uh, arrivals in the valley were a mixed bag of frontiersmen and Old West characters, Civil War veterans, discharged soldiers, old Indian fighters, Union Pacific Railroad construction workers. You're asking for trouble. Bullwhackers and freighters. (laughs) prospectors and trappers, commercial hide-and-meat hunters, recent immigrants, runaways, down-on-their-luck miners, opportunists, and refuges from the law. So when they went in there uh, to kind of get
0: away from the rest of civilization, did they build quite a few cabins and or...
1: As much as possible. Dugouts, you know, sod houses, you know, not... Are any of those still there? Not that I I doubt it, really. I see. But there was a guy named Dr. John Mitchell, and he was visiting the hole in 1896. And he termed termed these people, quote, a community of scalawags, renegades, discharged soldiers, and predestined stinkers.
0: (laughs) Oh, that kind of sums it it. it
1: up. I bet the Chamber of Commerce loved that. (laughs) (laughs) So the mountain men and the fur traders, they left journals, uh, accounts, and letters, uh, government expeditions uh, file extensive and detailed reports, but for the most part, Jackson Hole's early bachelor settlers uh, recorded little. They didn't. They just didn't write much. Now, there's a lot of mountain men that did keep journals. I was just going to ask you the journals and everything, but one thing you never mentioned
0: with all your scallywags and everything else, it doesn't sound like the population of women was very
1: big. Probably not. No. But the early history for Jackson Hole settlement uh, is generally kind of sketchy because they didn't—they just didn't write much back then. And one reason for this was that the early population consisted largely of, I said, adventurers, drifters, fugitives, recluses uh, from, and basically riffraff who chose uh, life on the fringe of civilization. Did they implement their own law? Yeah, that mountain law I talked about. Yeah. So. Whatever that looked like. I don't know if it's kind of a vigilante Sounds type kinda thing. Sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want to be caught stealing your neighbor's horse. I'm mm, just going to say that. I w- yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, a lot of these people stayed in Jackson Hole, and as it grew and grew, became kind of the stand-up citizens of Jackson Hole, as it started to become a town.
0: Now, I'm going to ask you another dumb question. Are some of the families that were there as the first inhabitants, did they, through generations, stay there?
1: You know, when we went out to the the refuge, the the National Elk Refuge, they talked about some families that had been there for many, many years, and the... The, the refuge, I think, was owned by some of those families that really? and I think still do uh, live over there. Wow! Yeah. But, you know, like I said, the Valley appealed to shadowy figures because it was so remote and out of the way. Uh, even after territorial law was established, the nearest law office was located in Evanston, Wyoming, 250 miles away by horseback. And when the winter snow closed off these mountain passes, no one could get in or out of the valley. So, uh, you know, they just didn't have law, uh, so to speak, like official.
0: Now, I would law. imagine you said Evanston was 250 miles away. And I've been to Evanston a thousand times. Yeah. That's probably the the railhead or whatever for their supplies. And then they went down and got them there.
1: You know, that may be the closest railhead, you know, to guess Because wouldn't a lot of that stuff come out of Salt Lake to Evanston? Probably, yeah. And I don't know if uh, Rollins or one of those is closer. No, Evanston would be. It would have to closer, be the closest. Yeah. So, but again, it was a place for people to kind of basically kind of hide out wow so but the whole early squatters pretty much enforced their own code of law through what they called citizen committees and as i said probably vigilante action or this mountain law we talked about and and i think that those people even though there were some outlaws and some bad people in there i suspect they tried to toe the line i was going to say you wouldn't want to get out of line there because if you wanted to stay there you better not be doing well you shitty. might stay there permanently <laughs> underground yeah <laughs> yeah. so for an interval in time the inhabitants of Jackson Hole were able to avoid uh, close uh, public scrutiny they certainly did not fit the image of Hollywood's mythical and romanticized God fearing noble pioneers mm-hmm. Just a little different mm-hmm. but violence and lawlessness uh, did prevail uh, in several early day incidents involving vigilante actions for example in 1892, there was something called the Cunningham Ranch Shootout. Uh-huh. And then there was what they called Jackson Hole's Indian War of 1895 and a nighttime warning delivered by mask riders to elk tuskers to clear out of the valley or be shot. So people used to go and still do go hunt for uh, antlers, Yeah, you know, up in the mountains. Yeah. So no historian has ever been able to satisfactorily reconstruct this 1892 Cunningham Ranch shootout. Where two cowboys, alleged horse rustlers, were gunned down by a posse recruited from the whole settlers. Really? They took care of two supposedly uh, cowboys that were stealing horses. Mm. And then details of the event were purposely confounded by the participants and local residents to avoid any uh, thing that the law might come in and say, "Hey, you guys shouldn't have shot those two guys." Well, oh, they shot them." Yeah, killed him. Oh. So that took care of any horse rustling ra- uh, there for a while.
0: Well, you know, sometimes the most lawless society is the most law-filled. Yeah,
1: because you just don't want to cross. People, yeah, you don't you want know? to cross these guys. And then, they had nothing to lose. Right. Now, the 1895 Jackson Hole Indian War was about Native American federal treaty rights versus states' rights. Okay, the settlers challenged federal authority to enforce Indian hunting and treaty rights. Besides rumors, the so-called war involved the killing by settlers and some called it murder of an old and near blind Bannock tribesman wounding another and the capture of an Indian child. Hmm. And that's, Really, about all we know about that so-called uh, Indian 1894, 1895 Jackson Hole-Indian War.
0: You know, when you think about it, Ken, 1894, 95, right in that area, you're talking right almost at the turn of the century, and a lot of what you think about Jackson Hole, you'd think you'd be talking about the 1840s or 1850s. Right.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like they're 40 or 50 years behind. Yeah, Yeah. But there's a guy named John Holland and a guy named Johnny... Carnes and his part Native American wife Millie are traditionally credited with, credited with being Jackson Hole's first permanent settlers in 1884. Wow! So they're considered the first, but there were a lot of them probably that were in and out. You know, yeah. that didn't stay. But complicating, uh, the claim is the fact that other Americans were residing year round in the valley at that same time period. Uh, there was a guy named, uh, Lieutenant Gustavs Doan who found a guy named John Pierce living in a crude cabin in 1876. So, you know, when really was the first permanent ones? But, uh, as I said, it was a, it was a kind of a classless society. The whole, the whole really was the last of the Old West. Um, In a land of seemingly unlimited natural resources, they practiced self-reliance. They endured hardships. They capitalized on the free God-given natural resources at hand for livelihood.
0: Did they kind of help each other?
1: I think they must have. You know, Uh, that was something that was pretty common. You know, you helped out your neighbors back then.
0: You know, like the raising, and I mean the building of a cabin. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they all kind of pitched in and helped everybody out. Like else. a barn raising. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm suspecting that they did help each other out. I, I would like to think they did. But uh, modern day Jackson Hole is no way like it was oh, no. a century ago. Oh, no. I mean, it continues to attract wannabe mountain men, Hollywood cowboys, adventure seekers, sportsmen. There's a There's seekers. kind of an aura about uh, Jackson Hole. There is, you know, and 30,000 people now. Is it that big? Well, now this book is fairly recent. It's called uh, "The Jackson Hole Settlement Chronicles." Wow! And uh, thirty
0: thousand people.
1: Yeah, and Ooh. and you know, I had not been there for probably thirty years. Really? Yeah, and so when I drove in there and looked on both sides of the road and. I mean, there's There's a lot
0: of traffic that goes through a lot of
1: traffic, but you get into downtown Jackson Hole to that center uh, square that has the elk uh, arches. Uh, Yeah, that's so. It's still kind of a fun old uh, Western town. Something was said to me
0: one time about Jackson Hole that if you want to see and meet almost everybody in the world, sit on the bench outside of a Jackson Hole store.
1: Yes. Well, we went into a few stores. I'll bet you did. And uh, the, the 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 price range was just a little out of my uh, range. Oh, really? <laughs> By a few thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, it's high. Yeah, I you know I had a hard time. I had to buy a stocking cap, and I <laughs> I wasn't going to buy a thirty dollars one. <laughs> I found one for about 12 bucks. Uh, one thing about you you're economical. Some cheap. people say cheap. Yeah, well, I'll admit it. I'll okay. admit I'm cheap. We got a minute left. So, folks, if you get over there, it, it is a fun place to go. And as Zeb said summertime is a great time to Oh yeah. and you years ago my wife and I did a float trip down the uh, out of the north end of Jackson Hole, which is very calm, no rapids, and you can see eagles and the wildlife. Yeah. But if you go on the southern end, that's when you can hit the rapids that head towards uh, uh, Palisade yep, Reservoir. Absolutely.